Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Charles Stonkmaster Thompson. How's it going today, man? Whoa, God, a new title. Thought, just thought I would give you a new name. Oh. I could have given it to myself, but I figured that would, you know, that would just not come off very well. Yeah, so. I'm not sure it's warranted, but I appreciate it. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> you just like saying things to make people feel good, whether they're true or not. That's what I'm most known for is saying things to make people feel good. Mm-hmm. That's what when people think of me, they're like, ah, oh, that guy, he always comes up with a way to make you feel good about stuff. Yeah. That's so when you pass and that's, that'll be what you're most known. I'll say, I said, I always made people feel better. I lit up a room yeah. all the time. My smile was so bright. It lit up a room. I didn't have an enemy in the world. All mm-hmm. those things that you hear on Dateline all the time. S- so many friends. I'm wearing my no victim, no crime, no victim, no time shirt today, by the way. This is a nice Lions of Liberty merch piece right oh. here. So I thought I would mention that because it says Lions of Liberty on there. It, they did. did it, I don't think it's called Felony Friday anymore. They call it, is, is it Finding Freedom is what John Odomat's thing is called now. Okay. Did they still do fu- Felony Friday or is uh, it Finding Freedom? I I'm not sure. Okay. Well, that is terrible of me to say. Anyway, check out their, check out their merch. I thought we'd give them a shout out today because, you know, we have this thing, we're Patreon supporters of them and they do ads for the, for us. And they always happen to throw in our ad when they do their Dave Smith debates, which means that's good. That's Mm. good for us. It's like the best episode to have your ad in. So I thought that was pretty sweet. Anyway, seems like, seems like they're pretty good dude, dudes. There's more than one of them. Charlie, you saw some breaking news earlier and told me about it. Yeah, well, you were like, Nate. No, actually, you didn't say that. You said I Charlie. I didn't say Nate. I said, said Charlie. Hey, I'm Nate. Hey, do you, have you seen anything happen? There, I haven't found much to talk about on the show today. And I said, ah, not yet. And so I flipped on the news. And what do you know? Another mass shooting. Mm, breaking not news. Good. Yeah. So when you got here, I was like, hey. Um, something terrible has happened. <laughs> Asking ye shall receive. Yeah, that's what I said. And maybe this is partly your fault. I th- I think if you dig into it, this is honestly my fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but it is it is sad. Obviously, we, we're we anti-death here at Good Morning mm-hmm. Liberty Podcast. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. We're the founding members of, of Antita, which is a group that is against death. That's the, number, that's the only motto we have is we're anti-death mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh it is a sad situation we don't know all the details yet uh but here's a story from the new york post there's at least eight killed in a mass shooting at san jose rail yard union meeting mm. so the unions uh, uh here and of course you know we have to mention this because this is going to be something that again is going to be used already is i'm already seeing all, it all over already the place. yep yeah so a gunman opened fire uh, on a union meeting at a train yard close to San Jose's airport Wednesday morning, also right next door to the sheriff's office, I think, leaving at least eight people dead and multiple people injured, according to officials and reports. The suspect, believed to be 50-year-old male, attacked the VTA light rail facility on West Younger Avenue around 6.30 a.m. local time during a union gathering and then killed himself, according to the Santa Clara Sheriff's Office in the Los Angeles Times which cited law enforcement sources. The outlet reported the gunman set his own home on fire 
before driving to the facility, and there are eight fatalities, but it's not clear if that number includes the shooter. Law enforcement sources told the Los Angeles Times multiple weapons and ammunition were found inside the shooter's home, and the attack appears to be related to a workplace issue and did not involve riders of the transport system. So... So that that's really all the information we have about it so far, but we have to mention that it's breaking news and we do some news here on this podcast. What you're going to see from this is a call for gun control. Obviously, it's well known that California is very relaxed on their gun control. That's and, the problem. Uh, yeah, which, of course, you can just drive over to a gun show in Nevada and buy something. No questions asked whatsoever. So no I'm background sure, check. Yeah, I'm sure that's where I'm, I'm sure that's where it came from. But people are going to use this as a call for gun control. So get ready for that, because I'm sure we will be talking about that. There's already a couple dumb bleeps associated with this that are going to be in the running for uh, tomorrow's dumb bleep, because we're not here on Friday. And right now I've got about 15 potential entries and I've got to whittle Ooh. the list down to five or six so we can actually handle them. Got to whittle, whittle. So, I mean... We're just, we have to mention it because we're against death. This is not good. It doesn't matter what the workplace issue was. Doesn't matter what was going on. This is a bad, this is a bad thing. Shouldn't happen. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter whether or not the guns were legal or illegal. People are going to find ways to get guns and people with guns that are prone to doing terrible things are going to do terrible things. And we will be dealing with all of the gun violence talk after people really get worked up about that, which will happen, oh, about a couple hours ago. Yeah. So we'll find we'll find some stories about that. And this guy, I mean, obviously was um, not OK, uh, obviously was disgruntled at the very least. And yeah. uh, you man, always want to make sure your employees are very gruntled. Yeah, that's, that's and what you want to do. Obviously uh, not. Oh, he wasn't OK. Clearly um, has some problems and felt the best way to take care of those was to take as many people out as possible before he took himself out. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you notice that quite a bit in these types of mass shootings. And the thing about it is the gun and the ammunition was just a tool for him to complete his mission. Uh, if it wasn't, if guns didn't exist, he would have found another way to or do he, it. He would just still get, he would find, he'd probably make guns. And then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he set his own house on fire before yeah. he left. He could have just set the building on fire. Would have killed, uh, you know multiple people still there's always going to be a way he'll you know run his car over people whatever mm -hmm. you know so it's not the gun that's the problem it's whatever was going on in this guy's life that was the problem yes yeah yes and so he decided to take his anger out or whatever it was at the time um in the wrong way and it's a sad situation that's that's the thing about tragedies they're sad they are and no amount of gun control is going to solve this problem ever no because california is pretty strict yeah by the way which of course the argument for strong state gun control that they always make is well obviously there's not border checkpoints at the state so you can just go to another state and and buy something and that might be the case here we'll we'll see what kind of gun was used there were seems to be a lot of people that were shot in a short amount of time that obviously leads to it potentially being a rifle of some type potentially of the armalite style we will we will see what the actual uh, what the actual thing is. I don't know. You know the thing. BetterHelp. You've heard us talk about them before. It's Charlie's favorite app. BetterHelp. You can go to BetterHelp.com or you can download the app. BetterHelp is this great app that pairs you with a licensed therapist. So it's therapy over your phone. All right. If you are having 
a tough time getting by right now. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety. Maybe you're just not as happy as you think you should be. Maybe you're not finding the meaning in life. You know, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Maybe you're not finding that meaning in your life that you think that you should be. If you're dealing with anxiety, with depression, with relationship problems, BetterHelp has got a licensed therapist for you. It's super simple. You just go to the website, betterhelp.com slash GML, and that's going to give you 10% off your first month, by the way. So you go to betterhelp.com slash GML, you make an account, they ask you some questions about yourself, some preferential questions, and they're going to pair you with the therapist that they think will work best for you. If you don't want that therapist, that's fine. You just pick another one, okay? It's safe, it's secure, it's a way to actually talk to a therapist without having to go into the office much cheaper than going into the office, by the way. Listen, taking care of your brain, of your mental health, is super important. I don't know if you know this, but your brain controls everything that you do. Okay, so maybe it would help you to be talking to someone about it. You can message through the app, you can do video call, you can do voice calls, all kinds of stuff with the BetterHelp app. So go get that app. Make sure you sign up through betterhelp.com GML to get that 10% off your first month. You tell them we said, hey, we're going to talk about some science. This article was ridiculous. When I first saw the title, I was like, man, okay, yeah, we're going to talk about how science has been politicized. You know, this is going to be a nice, objective, scientific article about how science is politicized by whatever, uh, whatever political party is in power. That's what I was expecting, but this is not very objective at all. We'll talk about some science from Yahoo News. The title is Politicized Science, Drove the Lunar Exploration, and Stalinist Pseudoscience. But polarized scientific views are worse than ever. Aren't a lot of people out there are very anti-science, you know? Yeah, apparently when you question things, it's just anti-science. One of the most, like the most known thing about science is that you're not supposed to question things. You know, number one Mm -hmm. is don't question anything. Yeah. That's how you conduct a scientific experiment. You don't ask any questions. Well, number one, develop yeah. hypothesis. Yeah. Number two, never question don't it. Don't question it. Base it on people's past studies and don't ever question that's anything. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Okay. And number two, people often assume that ob- objectivity, objectivity of science requires it to be isolated from government politics. However, scientists have always gotten involved in politics and advisors as advisors and through shaping public opinion. Not only that, but they also get their money from the government. Yeah. That's, so that's one thing he doesn't really talk about is if you're going to conduct some science, where's your money going to be coming from most yeah, of the time? You got to pander to the people patting the pockets. Science itself, how scientists are funded and how they choose their research priorities is a political affair. There you oh, go. All right. That's so it. the coronavirus pandemic show both the benefits and risks of this relationship. Now, is he going to talk about the CDC or Anthony Fauci doing anything anti-science out there whatsoever. Mm, no, he's going to talk about how the right's been so anti-science this whole time mm-hmm. in this objective piece about science. Okay. Uh, from sound, from the controversies surrounding hydroxychloroquine to the efforts of Operation Warp Speed, allowing researchers to develop vaccines in less than a year. Mm. In this context, it is understandable that many people began to doubt whether they should trust science at all. Historically, political needs have acted as key scientific accelerators, but have also at times stifled scientific progress. All right, so sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Uh, The times that he likes it, it's good. The times he doesn't like it, they're bad. 
Okay, geopolitical objectives drive in large part of scientific research. For example, the Apollo space program is driven more by the competition between superpowers and the Cold War than by science. In this case, government funding contributed to the scientific progress. That's true. I mean, they put money towards the NASA space program and and towards going to the moon. And there was a lot of science that was a lot of things that were discovered, a lot of a lot of new things that were discovered, and they were putting government money, which is a weird term for money that's been taken from people mm-hmm. uh, against their will, but they were putting people's money towards doing that. In contrast, in the early days of the Soviet Union, the government's involvement in biology had a stifling effect on science. Trofim Lysenko was a biologist under Stalin who denounced modern genetics. As he became head of the top scientific institutions, his opponents were arrested or executed. Lysenkoism, despite being dead dead wrong, became the accepted orthodoxy in the academics and universities of communist Europe until the mid-1960s. Okay, so he's right about this, but he's not really going to pinpoint the problem which was that the government had the control over the science in the first place. Right. And that that's where all the funding was coming from. And so that's what ended up happening. When someone was against a specific thing, they ended up stifling uh, new innovations and new scientific discoveries. As a Lysenko story demonstrates, when political powers decide the questions scientists should work on, and more, important, more importantly, what kind of answers science should find, it can harm both scientific progress and society. He's coming off very objective here so far, mm-hmm. you know. In the U.S., social media has massively accelerated the long-growing political divide in the scientific trust, starting with Ronald Reagan. Republican leaders have turned science into a partisan field. <laughs> Just started with Ronald Reagan. That's when, that's when science became partisan. Mm-hmm. The ideology of limited government is one of the main reasons for this attitude. That's Really? The, yeah, the ideology of limited government. Oh, it's, he's not. So all you libertarians out there, too, man. I know you're so anti-science. You're stopping scientific progress right now. Republican lawmakers often ignore envi- environmental issues, despite scientific consensus on the causes and dangerous effects these issues lead to. President Trump brought the suspicion of science to another level by treating science as essentially just another political opinion. He argued that scientists and institutions who contradicted his views were motivated by their political agendas and by extension, that the science itself was false. By contrast, President Biden has put science at the top of his priorities. Uh, of course. Now, remember, you go back to early in the article, and he's talking about how governments, uh, scientists, are, uh, scientists are funded, and how they choose their research priorities is a political affair. That science itself, that is how it is. Okay, and he gives an example of how putting money towards the Apollo missions was a good thing. And then uh, for the Russian, the the Russian government, well, then it ended up being a bad thing. But then he says, well, Trump is crazy because he says that science is a political opinion and (laughs) arguing that people are motivated by their political agendas, even though he just made the case that scientists throughout history have been motivated by their political agendas. Okay, but this is crazy, of course. And by extension, that the science itself was false. By contrast, President Biden's put science at the top. Now, what he says is, by extension, the science itself was false. I would say that that is an accurate critique because we shouldn't say that the science is false. What we should say is we need more. We need more information. We need more research towards other things. You can't just put you can't just put research dollars towards one side of an opinion, funding people who are literally trying to prove something 
that they set out to prove before they started their research and then not put it towards other things and then say that there's no type of political agenda going on here whatsoever. And the other thing, I get so tired of this scientific consensus speak. Yeah. All right. Now, look, there is a, um, a, a there can be a scientific consensus, but that is, that is not equal. It is not the same as settled science. And there's no such thing as settled science. Okay. Because, you know, uh, the, let's say the laws of gravity, because that's uh, a scientific hypothesis that has been tested numerous times and questioned numerous times. Uh, it works on earth, right? But we have no idea. Now these UFOs are about to tell us about <laughs> how they defy gravity and all that. They just, they're outside the laws of science. And all of a sudden we're going to be like, what? Hey, all you people questioning gravity this whole time, bunch of morons and now all of a sudden they're the ones that are going to be right be like look look can be manipulated theory of relativity there's all this crazy stuff out there you don't know the thing about it is is that this the i'm so tired of this scientific consensus and them getting butt hurt that science is being questioned because that's what it means also when you to have be scientific when you have the consensus here's essentially what they're saying they're saying we paid a hundred different scientific researchers to prove that humans are contributing to global warming. And 97 of them said that they said that humans are. So that's the scientific consensus for the 100 people that the government paid to come up with the fact that humans were mm. contributing to global warming. That's what they that's what they were looking for. That's what they're trying to find. What about all of the other scientists who could have been doing studies that didn't get funding to do studies on what else could be contributing to it? What what else could be really big factors that we can't even study yet? So scientific consensus based off of a skewed statistical result because where is all the money going what research is being funded it doesn't work very well my biggest thing is i always want people to admit the fact that there could be things that we don't know i don't know that there are things that we don't know well i mean i know there's things we don't know i don't know what they are what i want people to admit is that you could have a discovery 50 years from now that could completely throw everything under the bridge, under the bus, could just completely throw it away, all the mm. things that we think we know about life on the planet or like whatever it is. Just dark, a new discovery. Like dark matter yeah. in space. They just found this dark matter thing that they didn't that they didn't know existed, you know? And they still act like, well, now that we found this, now we know everything. There's nothing else that we're not going to yeah, find. We right. know it now. Okay, anyway. the uh, As a result of the divide between scientific and anti-scientific positions is now often partisan. People of politi different political views, even when they are educated, are sometimes not able to agree on facts. For instance, among U.S., they're not able to agree on facts. <laughs> For instance, among U.S. citizens with a high level of scientific knowledge, 89% of Democrats say that human activity contributes a great deal to climate change, as compared with only 17% of Republicans. Democrats are not immune to this either, as seen by strong Democratic support for labeling genetically modified foods. This is despite scientific consensus on the safety of these foods. But overall, Republicans tend to be much more anti-scientific than Democrats. <laughs> this is what I found. This is in my objective paper about the politicization yeah. of science. Overall, it's Republicans. Yeah, overall, it's this other political party's fault. <laughs> That's what I found. The pandemic has shown the risks of this political divide. People identify as Republican are more likely to, to be resistant to mask wearing and vaccination. Disagreements in science, but then the people who are not resistant to vaccination are resistant to the science saying that the vaccine protects you from the virus that you just got mm -hmm. vaccinated against. And they want their own sections. They in. still want their own sections in restaurants. 
<laughs> Disagreements in science are necessary for scientific progress, but if each party has its own definition, scientific truths become a matter of opinion rather than objective facts on how the world works. Where's the relationship going? And this person's up saying that this could end up being a bad thing. That's essentially what he's going to say. What bothered me about this article is that he's trying to come off as crazy objective about this, but is still saying that the science that I like and that I believe in is the one that we need to be funding and the one that people need to believe. After giving evidence of the fact that there have been countries throughout, throughout history that had the wrong people doing all of the scientific research and saying what all the things were and, and that it was actually just a bad thing for the government to control science. That's actually what I heard. Yeah. You know, it's not a good thing that that's where all the research dollars come from, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's really what I picked up. This, it's, well, it's so like hard the, to be objective when you are only subjective all the time. Well, and with this climate research, it's like, you know, uh, people, what was it? I think Rand Paul pointed this out, right? The, those who wanted to study frogs that couldn't get funding for their frog study. But if they studied the sexual patterns of frogs and how climate change affects their sexual patterns for the tree frog, then they could get funding mm-hmm. to study the tree frog. That's what they wanted to study. Um, as long as you threw the climate change in there uh, before it was global warming and now it's climate change. Mm-hmm. So if you threw that in there, which again, I think climate change is a real thing. I think uh, Elon Musk put it the easiest that, that, that something happens when you take carbon out of the ground, which is oil by the way. And then you, uh, that carbon is chemically transformed and then it's put into the atmosphere. So you're taking carbon out of the ground and you put it in the atmosphere and of course there are cycles of this right i mean when animals die that's carbon matter right going back into the ground and then that you know recycles up to the air whatever i don't know how much uh but i'm not in the camp that says that humans are the number one cause and that we need something like the green new deal to fix it yeah because i think humans can do more harm than good when trying to fix something like that you also what what happens if we take all the carbon out of the atmosphere and we all freeze to death you could also end up stifling innovation in other sectors by taking all this money and putting that into the government's hands and having people who just won political elections and deciding where the money should go towards instead of actually having a natural driven innovation because uh, ha- actually having the capital flowing towards things uh, that it should be flowing towards already. And then those people finding the most efficient and innovative ways to do all the things that they're doing. If you actually want to solve climate change, you need to get the government out of the business of solving climate change, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Yeah, they're the worst people yeah. to solve it. So, uh, Charlie, I need you to put your conspiracy hat on for this next article. Well, this article. one goes right in I know. with it. I, this is perfect. You know, you think I didn't know that already? I was, I was going to tell you about this article okay. today, but you found <laughs> it. This coming from the blaze. Thanks, Glenn. Biden officials shut down Trump era investigation to determine if COVID-19 leaked from Wuhan Biolab. Just shut it down. Yeah, we don't need to know. We don't need to know. It's not important. It's, no, it's not important. President Joe Biden's administration reportedly shut down a State Department investigation into the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic that was started last year by the Trump administration under then-Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's leadership. News of the Biden administration's actions are significant because the theory that COVID-19 leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which the media once denounced as a conspiracy theory, Mm -hmm. has gained considerable traction in recent weeks. Not that evidence existed previously showing the theory was not viable possi- uh, a viable possibility. And see, this is interesting. 
I saw where uh, Fauci was asked about this, and um, he—I uh, believe it was Lindsey Graham who was saying, you know, have we determined, you know, that where this virus came from? Do we know the host? He's like, no, not yet. Was it an animal? Well, we don't know if it was an animal. And then he was like, from was it from the lab? He's like, we don't know. And he's like, we also don't know where Ebola originated either. We haven't we haven't found the Ebola host either. Um, but. One thing I heard from Fauci, which was interesting, he's starting to shift a little bit like he normally does. Mm-hmm. A little shifty, shifty Fauci over there. He's now saying that it, it is possible that they were lying about what they were using the money for and they could have been doing gain-of-function research. Right, right. That, that, that that's possible. That they weren't specifically funding that, but he doesn't know that the Wuhan lab wasn't lying about what they were doing with he's, the research. Yeah, he's like, they agree to not do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's possible that they lie to us. So, and, but what I was getting at too, is that it's also possible. And this is what we were talking about earlier. We have to keep possibilities open that we could be wrong about certain things that we don't know everything. And the fact that there was a lab that was, uh, essentially developing coronavirus, uh, that it's, that that's a possibility. That's where it could have come from. They also knew uh, there is new evidence, though, that uh, two, I want to say two or three people from the lab uh, were sick um, in November, November and December of 2019. Yep. So, I mean, it's it's a possibility. Now, we don't know. So you can speculate whether it came from an animal or or wherever, if it was actually something invented in a lab and it it got out. That's not important to know, though. We shouldn't know that. Well, yeah, because then it. But that's why the administration shut it down. It's not important. The investigation, quote, was an honest effort to probe what may initially what many initially dismissed that China's biological weapons program could have had a greater role in the pandemic's origin in Wuhan. A State Department spokesman told CNN that Biden officials terminated the investigation because they considered the inquiry a waste of resources. Officials involved in the effort relied on scientific research as well as public and classified information to probe the lag lab leak theory, including looking into any possible connection between the virus and the Chinese government's biological weapons program. Three of the sources told CNN. And to me, that can't be out of the question. Yeah. I mean, that, I, that another superpower would want to, you know, release a virus to crash a market and all kinds of things. There's a lot of, that's why I said to put your conspiracy theory hat on because it's entirely Perhaps to get Trump out of office. It's entirely possible. It, yeah. it really is entirely possible. Am I saying that this is what, that China made this virus so they could kill people all around the world and take over, take over the whole thing? And get Trump out of office? And get Trump out of office because they were mad about the trade war and stuff like this and the superpowers and America and all that. That's not really what I'm saying. What I am saying is it's possible. Right. That's, what, really? You put it past China to do something like that? Yeah. They would never do something like that. They would kill a bunch of people. There, there's no, that's insane. They would never kill their, their their own citizens. No, there's no way they would do that. It's China. Come on. Yeah. The uh, officials involved in the effort relied on scientific research. I already read that. The Wall Street Journal reported on American intelligence over the weekend that stated three researchers at the Wuhan lab became sick enough with COVID-like symptoms in November 2019 that they required hospitalization. So I mentioned that earlier. They got sick, but... They required hospitalization. What Maurice just said, we kind of glossed over this. <laughs> the government's 
concerned about government waste. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is a waste of resources. We can't spend any okay. money on this. All right. If we're going to start going through everything that's a waste of resources, can we can we stick on this topic go, here for a minute? Let's really go through it. Yeah. Let's run through the, the line items here. The intelligence emboldens the lab leak theory, which a group of 18 high profile scientists said this month requires further investigation. China denies COVID-19 leaked from its Wuhan lab, saying the pandemic began through wet markets located in Wuhan. The Chinese communist government has also blamed the U.S. for the pandemic. And so it's not us, it's them. We didn't do this. Now, if you were going to, uh, you know, start a biological war, uh, would you admit to it, Nate? Would you just come right out of the gates and be like, yep. Probably not. No, yeah, we leaked it on purpose. Yeah, it was us, my, America. My two crazy speculations would be what what incentives what because this feeds into a lot of the theories. Why did the Biden administration shut down the investigation into whether or not it came from Wuhan? Why would you Why would you do that? Unless they were trying to cover something up. So and and so I'm trying to figure out. I'm going to do the most benefit of the doubt thing that I can here. And we'll say it's this is the best case scenario from what I can find is they don't want it to lead to China because then they would have to have a response to it. And they don't want to poke the bear anymore with China. They know that they don't want to have to try and get a response out of China because either one, China is going to ignore us and then that would make us look bad. Or two, there could then be more repercussions for the American people after that if we did something to China because we found out it came from Wuhan, maybe more tariffs or something like that. That ends up hurting the U.S. economy. When we find out that it's China, maybe China shuts off their trade with the United States and then our entire market crashes down to nothing because we can't get a lot of goods and services. There's a lot of bad things that can happen if you decide that you need to get back at China for this disease coming from them and they don't just fork over a bunch of money or something like that. And so that would be my best case scenario for the incentive for why you would want to stop this from actually coming out, because there might not be any good things that could come from this coming out. Honestly, they need to keep their viruses in a cage where they came from. I know, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Hey, sticking on Put a, little- a leash on your virus, China, <laughs> St- sticking to a little bit more science here. So I saw trending last night on Twitter, Jeff Bezos. Trending. You love trending Twitter. So I was like, ooh, what's going on? Why is Jeff Bezos trending? And then I saw Jeff Bezos bailout trending. I'm like, what's this hmm. going on right now? Well, turns out, here's from foxbusiness.com. Bezos's blue origin may get a second shot at NASA dollars via bailout amendment. Hmm. Now, the quote bailout part of the title is from Bernie Sanders calling it a bailout amendment. So then... As a writer, you can then put in quotations a name that someone else called something to make it sound like that was the name of the thing that you're talking about. Okay. Mm. I don't want to come off as as if I'm just in favor of Blue Origin getting a bunch of money from the government, but I'll tell you. Or SpaceX for that matter. Yeah. I'll tell you what I think about this, man. Bezos' space venture Blue Origin may still be up to receive federal dollars for a mission to the moon, despite losing out on a lucrative NASA award to SpaceX earlier in the year as Congress weighs an amendment to pending legislation. The amendment was introduced earlier this month to the Endless Frontier Act, which aims to establish U.S. leadership in scientific and technological innovation through investments in key industries. All right, there's where we're going wrong right there, is that the, the, 
that we're taking other people's money and leading them to when there are people that are in the private market that are going to do this on their own. Whether mm. or not the government gives them any money, they're going to do it. But hey, if the government's going to give them free money, they're going to take it, by the way. Absolutely. They're absolutely going to. Uh, Senators Maria Cantwell from Washington and Roger Wicker from uh, Mississippi introduced an amendment that would authorize up to $10 billion for two teams to continue working on the lunar lander, as, as opposed to one. Remember, this amendment was done earlier in the month. The amendment stipulates that competitiveness should be maintained within the Human Landing System program by funding design, development, testing, and evaluation for not fewer than two entities. So what people are saying is basically uh, Bezos was mad that they didn't get the contract that SpaceX got, and he threw a fit and paid the right people, and now they're going to do it for two companies instead. What I've seen as people saying... Uh, people throwing out contradictions to this is that this was actually decided before uh, they announced that SpaceX was going to get the contract that they'd already had this amendment in there that they were going to do two companies to start with. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't actually read the amendment. As previously reported by Fox Business, Blue Origin recently lost a $2.9 billion NASA contract to build a lunar landing craft that will return astronauts to the moon for the first time in decades, if it's successful. That award was instead given to Elon Musk SpaceX, which offered up its reusable Starship spacecraft for the mission. And then he tweeted at Jeff Bezos saying that Bezos couldn't get it up to, or <laughs> to orbit. <laughs> because that's what Elon Musk does. Yeah. The senators have at least one opponent in Senator Bernie Sanders, who has dubbed the amendment the multi-billion dollar Bezos bailout. That's kind of a ridiculous name for something uh, because this is not a... I don't know. I'm not trying to. Joe said that's why his wife left. <laughs> Sanders <laughs> saying that maybe, maybe if the government doesn't do it, he should go to his wife for the money. Yeah. <laughs> Sanders has introduced an amendment that would eliminate their amendment from the bill. So he then should introduce an amendment to eliminate the amendment. The Frontier Act has not yet been passed by Congress, by the way. NASA executives have said their goal is to land Americans on the moon as quickly and safely as possible. Okay, so... First off, I'd say I don't think that the government should be funding any of this because these people are going to do it on their own anyway. Mm. Okay, They've got the money, the capital. There's enough people investing in all, in all of this. We don't need the government doing this at, at all. Could you imagine if SpaceX and Blue Origin were public oh, and they man. had competition and the first person to land a person on the moon? You think of what the stock price would do. I mean, that would be the first literally to the moon company that there yeah. was. Yeah, like yeah. literally. And the thing about it is, is like, okay, we got to the moon. What's the value in that? But it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't matter. Everybody would see the value in that. It's like uh, Virgin Galactic popped up 20, 30% because they sent a couple people into the, up into the stratosphere a couple mm -hmm. days ago. So, and they, they popped up a bunch after that. Yeah. I mean, they're going to do this on their own. There's enough people investing money into this that the government doesn't need to do it. But let's say that you're someone who thinks the government needs to run and control everything and have the hand in everything, Bernie. If you're someone who thinks that this needs to happen, well, then wouldn't you want the money to go towards the people that are most likely going to achieve the goal that your government agency has laid out for you? Like, where do you think the money should, should go? If you're, going to, if you're going to fund NASA and NASA is going to put people on the moon, but they can't build their own crap because they're so terrible... Well, because if, if NASA did this, it wouldn't be two point nine billion; it'd be two hundred nine billion. Yeah, and, that, and they and they would and they still wouldn't make it. That's why they're contracting with outside companies, <laughs> yeah. of course. So you have to make the decision here. As someone who thinks that the government should be involved in everything, uh, do you think the government should be involved in space exploration, or should the private entities do it? 
There's your question right there. And if Bernie's going to come out as the government should not be involved, that NASA should not be doing this, that the private entities should be able to do it, then I completely align with him. We should not be giving this money to Bezos or Musk whatsoever. Mm. But if the government has set forward a goal to go to the moon again, then I would prefer NASA go with the best possible ways that they could actually get there and the cheapest possible ways that they could get there, Mm. which would be by doubling up. You know, at NASA, they don't take any chances. They double up on everything. Okay. And so now they're going to have SpaceX and Blue Origin out there. Maybe they'll take off at the same time and they'll be racing around the asteroid, you know, to try and get up there and to do that slingshot move around the moon. That's what we're hoping to see. So anyway. I hope they don't land them on a, you know, a uh, iron graphite. I know they got to, they got to hit the right landing zone from what I've seen in the past. What was that? Gosh, dang it. Compressed iron ferrite. Uh, Yeah. That's because (laughs) Captain America here. Guys, we're talking about the movie Armageddon right yeah. now. If you didn't know that, then Great you're probably movie. not still listening. Honestly. Great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so you should know. Um, Even on a jet plane. Charlie, you said you had to go at 245, and it is 244. I don't know when I'll be back again. All right. That's what we have for today. Go ahead and pull. <laughs> All right, y'all. I know you enjoyed today's show, especially the lovely, lovely ballad at the Leaving. end. Uh, <laughs> we should just go into it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you do Ben Affleck's part? Oh, so bad. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, then you should leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcasts and share the show with the friends. Share the show with the aliens that we're about to discover exist. <laughs> share the show with your space buddies. Share it with your enemies. Share it with uh, Joe Biden. He probably has uh, hearing loss by now, but... Maybe he will get a few words out of this podcast that will benefit and share it with the children. Last but not least, the children need to hear the good word. Um, And so send this on over to them and um, listen with them and just bleep out the few curse words that Nate throws out of his mouth Mm, like a like a crazy uncle. That's what I'm most known for. Call him crazy uncle Nate. Yeah. All right. All right. So leave us do all of that. All of it. And uh, like I said, uh, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Clay's not here today, I don't think, so I can talk about this for a second. (laughs) Patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Will all these lovely folks chime in uh, throughout the entire live podcast when we go live every single day of the week when we want to. It's very important that we're precise with our words because Friday we don't want to. We won't be here. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow's dumb bleep. Share the show. Leave us at rating review. Sign up, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. You stay classy, and if you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.